So here's the deal. This has been the big, the busiest and most expensive week of my life. That's not a joke. <laughs> um, we'll get into that in a little bit. And um, yes, legitimately, if I wanted to do a track this week, it physically could not have happened. There's just no way it could have happened. You're only one man. I'm only one man. And I'm not going to do it. So <laughs> wait, what do you mean you're not going to do it? I thought this was a partnership. <laughs> oh, we were in this together. <laughs> uh, well, you have all that fancy equipment and you're just, you know, better player You've than got me. Fancy and... equipment too. And you're a damn good player. Oh, what, what that? Nah. All oh, that? oh, that that's not yeah. even plugged in. <laughs> sure. That's all for show. It's just empty shelves. $5,000 worth of uh, <clears throat> rig. Back I just, there. I just buy broken things on on uh, eBay and Reverb. Ooh, speaking of broken things, uh, <laughs> do you ever just like look for broken stuff no. online? Probably no. not. Okay, you know why? Well, I you do. know why I don't do that, Zach? Because it's broken and it doesn't work. Well, okay. So I recently got a Maxon OD eight eighty, which is like right. the precursor to the OD one and right. stuff. And the same seller in Japan had a uh, AD 900 which is like mm. the the older brother the simpler version of the AD 999 which sure. we both like sure. and it was $87 cuz it had a broken power jack and i was like uh what so i'm bidding on that because a power jack is $2 mm-hmm. uh and it's two wires so right. uh and they sell for like 300 bucks so i'm going to snatch that Man, i love doing just that. yeah just get into flipping stuff just sell mythos and then get into flipping uh, broken pedals. Oh, man. So before we get into anything, I think we should talk about this because this is something that. Uh, well, wait, no, let's 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 do our week. Let's do our and week. Then we'll talk about something because this is, is this actually something kind of important. Oh, OK, OK. All right. Let me. Uh, well, first off, welcome, everyone. Dipped in tone episode 34. Here we are. We're doing it. Um, uh. And uh, oh, God, the chat. You guys. Wow. Shout out to the Patreon chat. Just added a whole Ooh. bunch of new people. People are, uh, wow, you guys you guys are uh, intuitive here. They know what's they up. Know what's they know up. what's up. Uh, yep. Not not ready to announce anything just yet, but <laughs> uh, yeah. If you want to join in while we're recording live, you can do so. Follow the link down below. Click the oh. Patreon. Also, I, uh, I plugged the podcast in my new video that's going up today. So hopefully there's a whole bunch of new people here this week. <laughs> Um, welcome. A lot of, a lot of people unsubscribe from yeah. us. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, how was your week? Uh, it was just the same. I, I, I'm a broken record, you know, I just, I just build pedals and eat and sleep and repeat. But, um, I, I, a lot of the parts and whatnot have been coming in. And so I'm, I'm getting ready to just this next week tackle even more stuff, but just dealing with headaches, you know, like software not working. I know that you've had your own share of that this week, but like, oh you know, I, I don't know why. I forgot about that. I blocked it out of my memory and you just brought oh, I'm it sorry. back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why I can I can print a label shipping something to Japan from UPS.com, but my ShipStation account, even though it's tied to the same UPS.com account that I use, can't print a label <laughs> going to Japan. Like those little things that really get under your skin and make you just want to just I don't know, lay face down in your bed and cover uh-huh. yourself up and never uh-huh. get out of bed. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had the I had a whole day of that <laughs> this week. So get into oh, it. Let man. us, All right. tell us. So um this legitimately was <sighs> Okay. 
this has probably been the biggest, busiest, definitely most expensive, craziest, most hectic week of my life. The fact that I got a video done this week is a miracle. Um, so starting off last weekend, um, my truck got stuck in the driveway. Long, long story short, nobody cares about brakes seized up. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. My truck's old. It's 13 years old, 240,000 miles. It's a Toyota. I'll drive it forever. But uh, long story short, it needed about five grand worth of work. Um, so it was in the shop all week. Uh, was trying to work on my video course this week. And this computer back here literally would not, just wouldn't work. <laughs> wouldn't work. And I spent the whole day, had to reinstall the operating system twice, had to completely wipe the hard drive and reinstall from a backup. Just wouldn't work. God. That was fun. I had to pay taxes this week. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Boy. Me too. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, and we got a house under contract. It's finally happening. Uh, we've been looking for about a year. It's taken us about a year of looking. We've been saving for three years. And we miraculously got through the market and everything. And we have a house under contract. The deal's not done yet. But we uh, feel really good about it, and we spent the whole week doing inspections and getting sewer lines run and termite stuff and and having our builder come by and look at it. And, um, you know, so um, fingers crossed, it's looking like the deal's going to go through. Um, and if it does, we close on May 6th. And uh, with that in mind, if that happens... The days in this room here are uh, are numbered. Yes. Yeah. And I, I've gotten the the Marco Polo tour, so I've seen it, and I, I, uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be wicked. And I think you should leave the wood paneling in the basement. So, yeah. So there, the house was built in 74. <laughs> it, it's been one owner. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Wow. Um, the, the person who built it in 74 and his family, they've, they lived there for almost 50 years. Um, it has a basement, which will be a recording studio. The basement is laid out perfectly for a recording studio. Should I post pictures and for the, the, um, discord, this won't go up on the, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, here, let me show everyone my new house. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do that. Well, I'm not, I, nobody will ever see the exterior cause I'm not, I'm not trying to like, right. Yeah. You know, put myself on to like dox myself or something like that. Um, sure. but I'll show you pictures of how the, uh, the, the basement, our plan is, um, to renovate the basement and do a video series on the renovations, turning it into a home studio that basically we spoof this old house. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'm serious, man. I want to do like a, an intro asset with everything and we're going to, I'm trying to get Sweetwater to sponsor it and some other people. Is Bob Vila still alive? I don't know. This old house is still going though. They've got like 41 oh, yeah. seasons. It's awesome. It's all on YouTube. Um, yeah, he's still alive. Okay. Okay, good. Good. Cause he's awesome. Yeah. So, or he was, I don't know if he's ever done anything. Yeah, that makes <laughs> maybe, maybe he's not awesome. I don't know. <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> uh, he's a great host of that one television show he was on. All right. So I'm going to post three pictures up here. The first one is what will be the control room. Uh, the second one is what will be the live room. Uh, yes. And the third one is what will be the storage area. And we're going to build an amp vault, sort of like Tim Pierce has. Uh, right. So we're going to have an amp, amp vault. And it does have a bar in there, 
which I'm going to leave. The bar is going to stay there. Oh, you got to Got to leave the bar. Are you going <laughs> to? I feel like if you're going to leave the wood paneling anywhere, you got to leave think it. it I think we area. are going to leave the wood paneling up because the, this and get a bunch of gold statues and like gaudy like stuff. Just do it. <laughs> like make it like a seventies, how to drink. Dude, set. I seriously, the, the, we were talking about the vibe that I want down there is a super vibed out seventies, like recording studio in LA minus all the quaaludes and cocaine. Right. Uh, just get, just bring in like a big piece of like a, uh, a remnant of shag carpet, just pour <laughs> beer on it. And like every time you're down there, so it gets that smell. <laughs> Well, and I'll just smoke like a few cigarettes. Like I won't actually yeah. inhale them, but I'll just like <laughs> blow them around just to get the the ambience, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, oh, God! Speaking of that, okay. Oh yeah, tell tell the people about your knobs. Oh, okay. So this this is actually part of my week too. So I bought uh, for those that have followed my Instagram uh, a few months ago. There was just a knob shortage, and the knobs that go on the Wildwood, which are like the same knobs that go on the Klon. Or did they just disappeared, right? You right. know, like the the manufacturer, they were so behind and all the dealers, they'd sold out. And so they recently went back on sale and I bought all of them. And then just a little while ago, more showed up. And I said, you know what? I'm going to buy all those too. So I just have them. And they showed up and I kept the box sealed and I was kind of, I had it in the garage. I was like, something stinks. And so a few days ago, I like was cutting open my boxes and going through all the the new, you know, stuff that had arrived. And the garage just started smelling like cigarette smoke. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, I thought one of the neighbor's kid was like standing beside my garage door just smoking cigarettes at night or something. Because right. it, it just, it reeked. Right. And so Morgan has like a bloodhound nose. She came in the garage <laughs> and we're just like smelling. We're like picking up the packages and smelling all the, the packing peanuts and stuff. And she was like, that box reeks. Yeah. And the packing peanuts smell terrible and, and all this stuff. So yesterday... I tore down all the, the cardboard, put it in recycling, got it outside, threw away all the packing material that, you know, it's not recyclable, unfortunately. And Seth put all the knobs in like big plastic bins yep. and thought, that's fine. That'll do it. Smells gone. Left the garage, come back, still smells. And so I have to go put the knobs out in the sun <laughs> so the UV can hopefully cook the smell off of them, but they still smell. And they were outside yesterday for like, Eight Here's hours. what I think you should do. I think you just put them on and what's going to happen is collectors in the future when Mythos <laughs> is like super sought the after. Version. Yeah, they're going to be the nicotine. It's going to be like the nicotine. <laughs> oh, dude, that's a nicotine uh, millionaire. Like, what? Oh, oh yeah, man. dude, smell it. Do the knob smell? Oh, yeah, they do. They still got the smell. Yeah. I call it the camel. <laughs> it's the Paul Mall series. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, so that I hate. I don't like that smell. And anytime if you ever, like I take that from a non-smoking home right. thing on, on reverb listings very seriously, yeah, dude. Uh, because if it, if it shows up and it stinks, it's probably going back. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I can't, I can't do that stuff either. I've gotten packages before where similar kind of thing where you could tell whoever at some point delivered it or warehoused it or whatever smoked. And it's just like, my God, dude, it's uh Paul, Paul Cochran, the yeah. builder of the Timmy. Uh, have you ever bought a new Timmy? Was your yeah, Timmy my Timmy new? was new. Did it come in the white box with the um, uh, the paper towel? Yeah, I still so have the box did, somewhere. When I got mine, and I've always heard this that because because Paul's just like building in his basement or garage, just smoking, right. building those things. 
uh, this, the paper towel, the whole box just smelled like cigarettes. I don't smoke. remember. I mean, I had, I got that probably so, years and years ago, but yeah, I, I still have it somewhere. I could dig it up and smell it. They're not labeled. So if, if you did have it, you'd be like, what is this? Well, if it? I'm pretty sure it's the only pedal box I own with a paper towel in it. So, oh <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very nicely rolled mm. and it's like a U shape. It was a bounty. Sick. Uh, oh yeah. Yo, yo, is that bounty? So the thing I wanted to talk to you about and talk to the people listening and watching about because we talked about flipping yes and this is not the topic of the day no this is just a little a little taste just a just a taste i was recently at a shop um uh talking to the, the guys that you know that run the shop and they were upset about how people like are just buying everything they can to only flip it and never play it, never enjoy uh, it. And, hmm. and it just ruins anyone else having the opportunity to try something. Yep. Cause like, let's say the Klon KTR, right? Klon, the KTR is fine. It's a, it's a good pedal. Yeah, like, it's I had it's one. a great sounding Klon. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but you know, they're like two fifty, three hundred bucks new, something like yeah. that. And people are now selling them for 700 no, something dollars. Do not. Here's the deal. Um, people can ask, that money but anyone listening sh- people here in the dipped in tone family okay do not spend seven hundred dollars for a clon ktr don't do it don't don't feed into the to to these people trying to like make a quick buck on a pedal that's good but objectively in my opinion is not i would not pay 700 bucks for a ktr right well the thing about it though is like so many people, instead of buying them to enjoy them and deciding like, hey, this isn't for me, they're buying them with the sole intention of flipping because right. Reverb has kind of given everyone this ability to say, hey, I, I, I can have a shop. Yeah. That, that extra room in my house, I can fill it up with stuff. Right. You know, restring it, clean it up, sell it, whatever. And the, the real problem with it is that dealers are just getting the shaft. Right. Because- and the builders too. The builders making something, selling it. You know, the dealers making 40, 30%, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then you have someone buying it and making 200%. Yeah. You know, they're 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 making an insane profit. And and all these other people who are doing all the work right. are suffering. And it's like, I don't we need to come together as a community and, and like you said, don't buy from those people, right. but also discourage that sort of behavior and well and, and reinforce the dealers that we we want and to i think from. i think there is value in flipping right if you're the type of person that you enjoy let's say you enjoy buying a project guitar or you buy an amp that needs some work and you fix it up and you get it back in playable great condition and you sell it for totally money, play, paid for it great love that that's awesome what we're talking about are the people that are hoarding gear as an investment to try and make a couple hundred bucks uh i agree douche move not cool um, well, and Hunty Boo said maybe the builders should ramp up production. I mean, a lot of this, there's only so much a person can do. Yeah. You know, one of my Wildwood Mjolnirs showed up on Reverb. People were talking about in the chat in Germany for like $1,200. And then it went down to like 800 something dollars, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Just wait a few months, you'll get one. Yeah. But, you know, even, even still, it's just, why? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Sugartooth in the chat says that's not flipping, that's scalping. You're right. One hundred percent. One hundred scalping. If you if you're doing that, stop, stop it. It's not cool. And you're, I think you're. So what? You're gonna make two hundred bucks on on a pedal to you know, and and because some poor sucker feels like they have to have a KTR right now. 
Um, right. it's, it's a two way street. First of all, scalpers stop doing that. Second of all, people stop paying those prices for those pedals. Like, especially the Klon, everyone, there's so many different Klons out there, right? right. Try and find a Mjolnir, which are getting harder to find, get a modded soul food, <laughs> get a, a, an archer, get, I mean, there's so many different options, especially for the KTR. Like I can, I can understand the hype around the original Klons, right? Like, okay, well, they're not made anymore and there's a certain number of them and the, the hype around them, I, I wouldn't pay that money for them, but all right, that's one thing. But the yeah. KTR, I had and I got rid of it because it sucked. I, <laughs> on three separate occasions that I remember, it might've happened more, I was on a gig and I would go to step on the, the pedal and it wouldn't turn on because there's a ribbon cable that connects the foot switch to the circuit board and the ribbon cable would just come out of the foot switch in the pedal. Yeah. And so I got rid of it cause it was unreliable. And I actually called, I got on the phone with Bill Finnegan. Um, I was like, Hey man, you know, this is a problem I'm having. What, what should I do? He goes, Oh yeah, that's just, um, they, they just do that. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I know. It's a shame. It's a shame. Cool. And, and Rob Pierce, who works at Fender, he said, Fender has been having a hard time and they're, you know, they're Fender, yeah. you know, just because the demand is so huge. Uh, and he asked, do you think it's going to slow down after the post COVID world? I think it might maybe, but you know, like Cooper effects just released another version of the generation loss, 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 cheese. Nice. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Stupid. Um, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> idiot. God. So um, but those sold out crazy. And then immediately, and, and somebody in the chat was also saying, you know, they see a lot of people posting their pre-orders. Yeah for sale like like you saw with this the the lunar silver sky prs like people posted that pr their pre-order you know for sale for crazy money i just think we need to come together as a community and stop purchasing these things right and and really just be patient and and reach out to the, st the stores we want to work it work with that actually carry yeah. this stuff and embolden that relationship so maybe hopefully this will kind of fizzle out because i i'm all for like hey you can't get this. It's it's fifty bucks more or twenty five. Like that, I understand it. Yeah, but double, triple, it's insane. Okay, and and I we have to also you know in the effort of of um, of uh, evenness here, you know. So I've made videos. This is a thing somebody was talking about here in the chat. Like Josh Scott, the JHS show, and and I have been responsible for driving prices up on some stuff, especially recently, sure. right? Like the the drive-o-matic, um, or the uh, the hot cake, um. Shout out to oh man, Lost in Crystal Canyons uh, sent sent this to me this this week from uh, New Zealand. These have gone up partially because we made videos talking about them and how great they are, and people were looking for them. So I understand that. I'm not going to take this pedal, knowing that it's worth more now, and and put it up on reverb for five hundred bucks because right. oh, I made a video driving the cost up, and now I'm going to make a few hundred dollars on it. Like that's not. Cool. This is a cool pedal that I like, and I'm going to keep. Same thing with the Drive-O-Matic. Like, yeah, you can't find them. So I could arguably go put that pedal up on Reverb right now for three hundred dollars, three hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. And somebody out there who watches my channel or knows about the pedal or whatever would be willing to pay that. But I'm not going to do that. If if I was going to sell that pedal, I'd probably sell it for what I paid for it, just because I don't want to be a part of that. Like, you know scalping thing yeah so i know it's it's a weird thing and it's something that i do hope fades yeah but <clears throat> i don't know 
the guitar community is so huge and I feel like reverb reverb has a big fault, you know, a, a lot of blame, yeah. you know, cause like there's no control, you know, people can sell things for whatever. And Oh, we have the same mug again today. <laughs> hey, Tink. cheers, man. Cheers. Hey man. Prost. But anyway, that, that's, that was just a, a thought and, and let, let us know <laughs> in the, in the comments on YouTube and, and stuff like what you think, what <laughs> reverb store name, Rhett touched my pedals. <laughs> oh, they're laughing at me. No, no oh, the geez. chat. Fifty dollar used ret picks. That would be the douchiest move you could ever mm. used on a video. Fifty dollars. <laughs> uh, anyway, has anybody done that? Um, has there been, ever been like? Oh, any, you, there's used picks. Yeah, well, I'm talking about like YouTubers though. Have, have YouTubers? Oh, like because I've sold gear that I've gotten for like to buy my Vox, my AC30 last year. I sold some gear that I got for free, but I sold it like pretty much all of it at like a 10% discount from what they were going for. Um, sure. Is there anybody, does anybody know of any YouTubers out there that have done that? Like flipped Selling used gear? Well, just gear that they've used and like up, uprated it or something like that. I don't know. I mean, all I those like, not. well, pro- probably not YouTubers. No. Uh, I don't know. Mary Spender, we're looking at you. Uh, <laughs> that ma- That's something on the list of things that Mary would do that is so far from the top of the list like, i know she's not like i know that i'm just messing with oh, man. um but let's let's dip a rig let's let's cleanse our palate here let's cleanse our palate um and i i i don't know if i can pronounce this gentleman's name hey man but here's the rig oh Boom. i saw this one come through the email yeah this one's uh Beautiful. lars uh and so he said, I thought I would submit my rig for assessment, and I'm glad he did, because this is wicked. Beautiful. So what have we got here? We have a 63 Custom Shop Tele with a light relic, a matchless Phoenix 35 EL34s. Wow. I'm not familiar I with the Phoenix. I don't know the Phoenix. Phoenix. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then his pedal board is like, mwah, mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Vox Clyde McCoy Wah, Keeley Compressor Pro, Wampler Tumnus Deluxe. I'm a little hurt. I'm a little hurt. A little hurt. No mule near, but that's okay. No chance for a self show uh, this week, but we'll get him next week, buddy. Don't worry <laughs> no, about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get him. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Hudson Broadcast, Brown Amplification Protein, an MXR 10 Band EQ, Wampler Terraform, which the Wampler Terraform surprised the hell out of me because of how small it was. Mm-hmm. I saw pictures and I thought it was like a Strymon timeline, but it's right. like a little teeny thing. Right. Uh, Carbon Copy Deluxe, uh, T-Rex Roommate, boss rc 10r looper and a boss tuner so beautiful rig. dude what do you think about this uh this is another rig that's right up my alley man so yeah. <clears throat> first of all the the telly beautiful i love that color my mom would call that tiffany blue every anything <laughs> yeah, well, that is close to that sort of like baby blue kind of thing she she's <laughs> she's like i just want you to have a guitar that's just tiffany blue and i just want it and and it'll be mine but you can play it <laughs> And you can keep it. That's my Wanda impression. Um, that's that. I mean, Tiffany Blue. That's that's Tiffany Blue. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I it's Tiffany Blue. Um, but what is that? Sonic Blue or no? No, that's, that's, that's a, a uh, that's Daphne. Yeah, it's blue. Daphne. It's Daphne Blue. Because Sonic Blue is super super pale. Yeah. Um, beautiful though. Custom shop. Rosewood board. Love it. I mean, I wonder. What, did he say what the weight is on that telly? No, he didn't say. Yeah. It's probably pretty light. Probably pretty. I feel light. like custom shop. Does it right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the Matchless Phoenix. Okay, so this you said this is EL34 powered. Yeah, let's look this thing That's up. That's cool. So it looks like a Lightning. 
same chassis, uh, same size cabinet and everything. Um, is a one twelve or combo or is that a two twelve? I can't. I think I think it's probably a one twelve. It's if it's the same as the the lightning, it's probably a one twelve combo. I I love matchless amps. Love them. Never owned one. I really want to have a DC thirty one day. Um, yes, that would be if I ever wanted to like really do the AC thirty thing right on the road and have a, an amp that would be road worthy that did the AC thirty. I'd get a matchless DC thirty. Yeah, um, or the HC thirty. Because the have you ever moved a DC thirty? Like picked one up. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> it's my god. No, it's uh, it's not a, a rig. Uh, I think it's a two by twelve. Oh, nice. that's not a, an amp you want to have to carry much unless you've got a crew with you. Um, right. I'd, if you're playing union venues, by all means, man, take whatever you want. Because as soon as you pull <laughs> up to the door, you've got those stage hands rolling out and just grabbing your stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> but if you're I, if you're playing clubs, <laughs> they'll they'll take that amp. I just found a reverb listing about this amp, and it, it doesn't have a whole lot of information. But I just want to read you these bullet points okay. because. I think they 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 really speak to what this amp does well. Two channels, mm-hmm. bypassable master volume, mm-hmm. good baller tone, sweet. Thirty-five class A watts of tube, and then oh. louder than crap. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, if it's thirty-five watts class A, uh, that's that's a beefy boy right there. But yeah, I don't know what makes this different than like a DC thirty. It still has like an EF eighty six, but I don't. I'm sure it's got to be something in the tone stack is different. Although the control layout looks similar to like a DC thirty. You've got the two channels, and then the left channel is I'm assuming is like the click channel, which is sort of Uh what um, Fred does with divided by thirteen. And the pull master volume is a really nice thing on the matchless amps, where you can pull it, and it essentially pulls the master circuit out of the. out of the tone stack, right? Yeah, yeah. So and be the, prepared because my god, <laughs> like even if you have the amp relatively low, when you pull that master volume out on a matchless, it it'll it's like it hits you in the chest, man. Oh, they're so loud. They, there was there was an Avenger, which I, is a great amp name, that uh, was at Carter Drink. Drink. That was a one twelve. What it was one one twelve and two tens. Yep. Weird. Um, it sat around forever. It sounded awesome, but it had that pull master volume. I, I'm not a fan of the master. I don't think it's a great sounding master when it's down. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like, I think master volumes on amps that are like in this sort of vein work best. Just kind of dialing it back a smidge. Yeah, I think so. My two favorite master volumes. Um, one is actually not a master volume, but it's what Morgan does with the power scaling. Um, right. That's brilliant. I think I think that is a really really good option because you're you're not choking the amp basically. You're just essentially starving the the power section, um, depending on how low you go. And it it does change the sound, but not as much as a typical master volume. That and then the K master volume on Bad Cat amps, which are really really cool because what they do is actually let you add gain to the power section so on my cub 40 uh which is in the other room the the actual like top end of the master volume is like one o'clock on the master knob and then as you start to go past one o'clock you're adding gain to the power section so it's not necessarily getting louder but you're getting more power amp saturation out of that amp which is super cool and when you turn it down it does a pretty good job of of keeping your tone intact so yeah yeah yeah, I normally like like a post phase inverter circuit, but every every amp like 
reacts differently to different masters. But uh, let's talk about this pedal wow, board. Beautiful board, man. So and and he's got a, a quarter quarter master. master. Yep. Is that what that yep. is? Gig rig. Uh, got the gig rig. Uh, what do you what do you think? Beautiful. So great job getting the quarter master. Again, this is one of those rigs where if you're gonna have your pedals placed in such close proximity like this i believe you it's a it would benefit you to have some kind of looper or switcher or something which he's done here with the quartermaster from gig rig um also i just noticed almost every one of these pedals are the uh what size hammond box is that the um oh that's a 1590 bb footprint yeah so they're all the yeah. same size basically even that t-rex that's yep. just turned it's turned the other vertical. way yeah um, the pro that's, that's my favorite size enclosure. Yeah, I, I like them too, man. I, I think it's a good, so the Hudson broadcast. Awesome. The Keeley compressor pro awesome. Um, the protein, I think I talked about the protein recently on a on yeah. show of the week. That is probably my, my favorite overdrive recently. Um, I really, really love that protein. Haven't played, haven't played the, uh, the Wampler before heard good things though. I've, I think I've played the Tumnus Deluxe. It's it's neat. It has like an active three-band EQ, or I don't know if it's active, but it has like a three-band EQ instead of just a normal treble control, like a Klon style thing. And then it has some some sort of gain or clipping option. Yeah. And then speaking of EQ, the MXR 10-band here, this is something that I think a lot of people overlook on their pedal boards because it's not like exciting, right? Getting an EQ pedal doesn't seem fun, but it's no. it's something that... I feel like everyone should have on their board in some form or fashion because you can do so much with an EQ pedal. It's it's something that you should definitely have in your closet at least. I need to get just a Boss GE7 yeah. and mod it because yeah. it's just handy, yeah. you know? Yep. Uh, the Carbon Copy Deluxe, they're awesome. Great. You can subdivide. I think that it's still got modulation. Yep. It's got a little screen. Screen on it. Which is nice. Hey, man. It's got a screen, got a screen baby. It. Woo! Uh, I've never played the Terraform by Wampler, mm-hmm. but Brian and company make great stuff yep. and I, I know that they spent a lot of time really working on that thing so i'm sure it's awesome this is a great rig man yeah my god i'm gonna the only the, go ahead the only problem i have with it is i can't use wawa's on a pedal or on a pedal board i have to use it on the floor why because when it's up like that it's just not i can't i'm not as effective of a wah <laughs> user when it's on a board i'm mean, like when it when it's on an angled board when it's like flat it's fine Zach. but like I like I really like Wawa and I, I'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit. I'm really good with a Wawa. <laughs> uh and I just like it on the floor. I use my left foot with a Wawa. Hey man, you ever seen me play uh, Wawa? <laughs> I can kick a Wawa with the best of them. Man, listen, it gave me that that yellow Faisal, Faisal, however you want to say. Man, it. I'm best Wawa player east of the Mississippi. I'm just saying. I like it on the floor. The old so I'm Royals that's Wawa. A, that's technique. the only that's the only points I would deduct. Everything else is 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 really good. I can I can get with it the rest of it. You ever so. kicked a wall with the best of them? <laughs> nice. Rename you Clyde. Name you Clyde, boy. Um. All right. I'm gonna give this one. Uh, ooh. So here's the only it's thing I would one. change. I think you need a humbucker guitar. A humbucker guitar uh, with this rig, specifically a Les Paul, uh, or Les Paul style guitar. I think a Les Paul with the telly with this rig would be just biblical um so add add get yourself a humbucker guitar you've earned it yes you've put yourself together a hell of a rig here you've earned yourself another slot another guitar slot here and if you're gigging with this um which is a very very giggable rig this is possibly the most giggable rig we've seen such so far 
Um, you're going to need two guitars. Always bring two guitars to a gig. Have a backup. And if you have a Les Paul, I mean, you got all your bases covered, basically. You definitely have to bring a backup in case you drop that Les Paul and break the headstock. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, no, no. I always travel with four Les Pauls, personally. But, hey. Uh, hey, man. What happens when you're a pro like <laughs> Listen, me? Listen. I have a mono backpack that's got a fuck. It can hold four I, guitars. I had it custom made. You know, pounds. most people get that that double the double bag, but I wasn't enough for me. So I went to mono. I told them boys, listen, I need a quad. I need a quad. And you'd think it'd be like four deep, but it's not. It's double wide. So it's a, it's two and <laughs> double two. Wide. It's double wide. Or you can unzip it in the middle, and you can wear one in the front, like a like a child. You know, like you're carrying a, a kid, and then you wear one in the back. It's awesome. Oh my god! A double wide backpack. That <laughs> that needs to be a genius. that needs to be a Chipson post. Absolutely, message, yeah. Message, message Chipson double wide gig bag. So, so what? What's your score? What's your right, score? I'm giving this eight point seven shoils. Oh really? Yeah, that's a lot lower than I anticipated. Only because it's missing the humbucker guitar, man. I feel like if if you added the humbucker, this would be close to uh, at least a nine and a half. But um, yeah. I'm, I was thinking 9.43. Zachary, is that your highest saying, rating yet? No, oh. we, we've gone pr- higher, I think. Uh, even though there's not a humbucker guitar, I, I like Telly's enough to where th- like, this is this is doing something. This is a thing. This is blowing your skirt up, huh? Hey, that's hey, it. <laughs> All Whatever right. Whatever tickles your pickle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Anyway, so you want to get into our our topic of the week? Yeah, what, finally what we can our, start talking. What about is it? our topic? <laughs> well, okay, you you kind of mentioned it before we started rolling, and I'll admit I wasn't really listening because I was trying to set all this stuff up, and I was like, "Yeah, it sounds great." So, so for those that don't know, Rhett and I usually we pick out a topic sometimes the day before. Yep. And maybe every now and again they'll be like. Like we'll get a, a week. Yeah, we might, we might text each other. Like, oh, this is a good idea. But normally, it's when as soon as we start live streaming together before we go live for for YouTube. Like we try to figure out what to talk about. But last night, it's coming back from the store, and I thought, you know what? I'm about to have a lot of big life changing things happen mm-hmm. for for my business and and just my life in general. And Rhett's about to have a bunch of stuff like that happen. Yeah. So maybe we should talk about. Um, if because so, maybe there's someone else out there that's been in a place, is in a place, and is going somewhere else, and that you know they're sharing this experience or 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 want to go on this journey themselves. We could talk about where we hope to go and maybe where we see ourselves in a year's time or so. Um, we're taking the next step in our careers, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's a big step too. I mean, it's like um, it's scary. You know, wait, do you want to announce what you're doing yet? Have you talked about? I think that? I might as well. Yeah. I haven't asked. The, the guys, but I think it'd be fine. I don't think they're going to get bent on a Here shit. Here it is. So, the big news. I'm moving in with Novo. Whoa! Whoa! Novo is growing, and they're going to rent some space to me. Look out. So Look out. Hey, man. It's going to be really bad for my gas with guitars and stuff, <laughs> because... I know Dennis is just going to walk by and like knock on my door and be like, hey, look at this, and then walk away, and I'll say, oh, ah. God, oh, no. It's also going to be bad for just your gas, your gastrointestinal system, because I know how those boys eat um, lunch over there. And uh, Morgan will pack my lunch. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, it's it's so exciting, and, and they're, I think last week, their they're contractor, because they're, the space they're moving into is 
is right next to where the current space is. Yep. And I hope I'm not giving too much away. I never, I didn't ask. Them. You'll be fine. <laughs> but we're going to have to connect the two spaces. And um, so we're just waiting for the contractor to wrap that up. And then we're going to do some stuff. And So whenever you go down to Nashville, Tennessee, because it's looking like they're going to open the showroom back up at some point pretty soon, I think. Eventually, um, yeah. So you'll be able to visit Novo again. And not only will you be visiting Novo HQ, but you'll also be visiting Mythos HQ. I'm having the contractor put a lock on my doors. So. Well, you can look at Mythos HQ's door when you go to Novo HQ. And just, <laughs> put your face on and the then window. just imagine, <laughs> imagine Zach back there just soldering cables. Well, I mean, there's going to be a lot of really cool things happening. And just like Novo, I'll probably have some sort of appointment thing where we can visit and like artists can come and, and see stuff. But but yeah, so I'm, I'm getting a production room. I'll have an office space. There'll be warehouse space. There'll be showroom space. There'll be video production space. There's going to be all sorts of stuff that we're going to share and do together that's really going to, I mean, it's going to change everything. Yep. Yep. But I, it's it's daunting. It's It's scary, like you said. So... I mean, and what you're doing, you've, you, you, you went from like being in an apartment to being in this little studio space to now actually building a studio, building exactly what you want. Hopefully uh, it's so scary because it's like, it's a lot of money to do what I want. It's, I, I don't know how much it's going to cost, honestly. Um, and it's going to be a big project, but you know, we're going to do, the plan is to do a, a full studio so control room floated walls floor ceiling live room um, nice and live take that drop ceiling down do a bunch of stuff a couple of at least one vocal booth probably two vocal booths the guitar vault everything wired up you know and and i want to wire the space and get it prepped for eventually i'd like to have a console down there um andy yeah uh my, my very good friend uh who engineered the uh, backstage live shows he is i've basically um dubbed him the uh the youtube channel and studios like master engineer andy is the man <laughs> and uh he's a really good friend of mine and we work together all the time so he and i are kind of planning out this build like what do we want it to be five years from now and i would love to have a, a 24 channel analog console down there and essentially what i want is a space that is ready and capable to produce any type of project that I could conceive over the next 10 years and produce it at a professional level. When I think about where I want to go and where I want to be 10 years from now, I would love to be producing media and and music and things that are picked up and and you see on netflix or hbo or write yeah music for film and like put put out the records channel. like the test don't joke i'm serious like <laughs> I, I i i want to do that kind of stuff and and um i've been really fortunate to have this space for the last few years even though it's not perfect but um you know where i started my youtube channel was in a, a bedroom facing a a road that <laughs> For six hours out of the day had so much traffic in it that you couldn't film. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, it's it's been three years of really hard work getting here. And um, but it's also kind of scary because it's like, am I actually good enough to warrant having a space like that? That's that's sort of where I'm at. It's like, do I deserve 
I, I just make YouTube videos about guitar stuff and like I, I play gigs, but like, do I deserve a space like that? Is it going to be wasted on me? Like that's, that's sort of where I'm at right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And where do you hope, you know, in the next couple of years that like everything goes just this, the, just taking the step of like growing beyond just making YouTube content and producing music and doing, I guess you just said that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I just, but I don't know. I, I ha- but where do you, where do you see your YouTube channel going? Well, this is actually really fascinating because we've been talking about this uh, with with some people. I think YouTube is here to stay. Um, oh yeah, for a few reasons because it has the infrastructure of Google behind it, and the thing that YouTube has above all other social media platforms is the fact that it's actually not a social media platform. YouTube is a search engine first and foremost. It is Google. It's it's the second most used search engine in the world after Google. Exactly, and oh. people. YouTube has established its place in the world as a place where people go to learn things above all else. I mean, yeah, you can go watch and you can entertain, you can watch vlogs and stuff, but above all else, YouTube is a place where people go to learn. And as such, I think it's here to stay. So I want to continue my YouTube channel and I want to continue to grow it. I want to continue to grow into doing new things, um, trying out new things, seeing what works, what doesn't work. But I also want to do stuff outside of YouTube. I want to make records. I want to make my own music and put my own music out at some point. I want to do stuff. I want to have, I'd love to make a documentary one day. Um, you know, there, there's just so many things that I want to do and I want to make, um, that having a space and having the resources available to do that would make it more realistic. Yeah. And you're going to be able to accomplish so much more quickly because you're not going to be uh, stepping on your own toes because you're going to have all the space, have everything dedicated and be where it needs to be to do all the things you want to do. Yeah. Um, which is so important and, and something that I feel every time I open the door to the garage, yeah. you know, I, 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 I no joke. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty anxious. <laughs> Same. Uh, <laughs> and, there are sometimes when I walk out in the garage and I almost have like a, a panic attack because mm-hmm. it's just so, it, I mean, it's a mess because I'm so busy, but it's also, you know, I am but one person and there's, it's hard to organize and work and, and clean yep. and then keep, you know, working uh, to produce stuff, you know, and so that's, I think the most exciting thing for me is finding some balance in my life. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you're, I mean, you're probably feeling the same way too. Um, yeah. Uh, part-time PV or uh, part-time pilot in the chat said PV documentary. Hey man. Oh man. Hey, hey man, a PV made a documentary. I'd watch it. <laughs> Let's hold on. Hold on. Let's just, what does Hartley PV look like and who could we get to play? Him? Oh my God, Zach. Okay. <laughs> Did you ever see Ford versus Ferrari? That movie from a few years ago? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah What's, yeah. how do we make Ford versus Ferrari, but with Hartley PV? Who? Okay, I'm gonna post a picture of Hartley PV in the chat, and I'll post it on the video as well. Here, get Brad Pitt. Brad, <laughs> I don't know if Brad. He might be. <laughs> so yeah, who do you guys think could we get to play Hartley PV? I mean, if PV made future? a Brad Pitt, I'd watch it. All right, there he there is. There he is. So, oh wow, dude, that's like a. Here, okay, okay, hear me out. Hear me out. You get Christian Bale to put on some weight and grow a goatee. <laughs> that poor bastard. He's like <laughs> grown and lost so much weight. It's true. 
Uh, or Steven Seagal. Yeah. Could, or Chris Hemsworth. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, th- you know who he kind of looks like. Jeff Bridges uh, would be cool. Oh, Jeff Bridges would be great. He's a little too old. And I mean, like, he'd be like the current Hartley PV, but. Jeff Bridges yeah, is too old know. for current Hartley PV. Are you aware? No, no, no. He's, he works oh, for the current man. Hartley. Guy, Guy Fieri. Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, Listen, on a, on a side note he's here. He's a great guy. Yes. I, I am here for it with, with Guy Fieri. He is such a good guy. Every time you hear stories about him, it's about him like helping people or keeping a restaurant afloat or helping somebody start a restaurant or like do all the internet loves to shit on him you know, for his flavor town and his restaurants. And I get it. He's got kind of a goofy aesthetic, but come on, like he, for a guy for, for it to, ha- to have a career as long as he's had in the, the food media space and to be doing it for as long as he has, like, you gotta be a good guy, you know? Yeah. I've heard nothing but nice things. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. His style sucks. <laughs> his style sucks. <laughs> I thought I saw him once in Nashville and it was just a dude that dressed like him. And I was really disappointed <laughs> because i'll be honest if i met if i ever met him i'd be like legitimately starstruck if i met oh Pitt, yeah yeah At movie stars <laughs> i don't care about like if i ever met brad pitt it'd be like oh that's cool you know like your movies or whatever but if i ever met adam savage or guy fieri um or alton brown i would be yeah. like a hot mess i think alton brown would be a jerk i've heard that I've, i know some people because he has a band and i have a friend that i think engineered a record that he, he has a band yeah, and what instrument does he play he plays guitar but uh, lame <laughs> Alton if you're watching this I love you I heard nothing but good things but um <laughs> no I had a, a friend of mine who worked on a record with him and said it was not a great experience but um, anyways um well he, he's gonna watch this and remember you and if you do meet him he's just gonna he, punch I think right he still lives in Atlanta because he did oh, he did good eats like that was all here in Atlanta like North Atlanta kind of near where I live oh. um yeah Good Eats is one I, of my favorite shows of all time, though. For real, oh, it's great. It is. So it is good. good. Uh, and I like him as the host of like Iron Chef. And yeah. stuff like that. But anyway, uh, speaking of Adam Savage, real quick, another sidebar. I sent a Positron Collider to Adam yeah, Savage you did. because I I became a, a, a supporter of their the Tested channel, and you can join their Discord, and then you get his mailbox like for sending you know stuff to the Tested mailbag, and I sent it to him and. I forgot to put my telephone number, <laughs> my email address. I mean, it's in a mythos box and it has my card and like, I'm findable, but nice dude. I, the day it got delivered, I was like, Oh man, damn it. Wait. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I forgot. Dude. I, but I sent this nice letter and I, I'm so excited. I hope he at least opens that'd it. That'd be cool. It. I don't care if he makes a video. I just hope that it winds up in his hands. Yeah. And he gets excited yeah. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah. People are putting, I do love Alton Brown. Even if, even if Alton Brown's a jerk, I don't care that yeah. I've learned so much from good eats and his, his, his stuff. And same thing with Adam Savage. <laughs> if Adam Savage came out to be a massive jerk, I don't think he is, but I don't well, care. I, I love the thing about Adam and we are talking about celebrities and, and, and this is something that I think anybody that has any, um, a modicum of fame has to accept. He said on, on a Q and a once that, how do you deal with being a celebrity and he, and, and like the people approaching you. And the thing is to just accept it. Yeah. And you have to realize that if you were them, you would be that excited too. And, you know, while you can't give away all your time, yeah. it's just like, 
it makes the world a better place. I think you know? I think the best so I saw Jerry Seinfeld in Manhattan one time. We were there for a gig and we were doing this thing that used to do so sometimes when you go when you're playing for an artist or a band, you have to do these like radio tour things where you go around yeah. and you like so when I was with Muddy Magnolias, we used to do this. Every time we'd go to Manhattan, it would be me and the girls and I'd have an acoustic guitar and we'd go to like Viacom headquarters. We'd go to BET, we'd go to MTV, we Time Magazine. You'd go to their offices and meet these people and you'd play for them and it was just industry shit. So we were out, I was out in front of the Time Magazine building. We had just played and then the girls were going in for a meeting and I was going to catch a cab back to the Airbnb and I was standing out front with my guitar and Jerry Seinfeld was standing there. And I love Seinfeld. <laughs> I love comedians and cars getting coffee. I love everything he does. Yeah. But I didn't want to like, I, I don't know. I didn't approach him. I was just standing there with my guitar. This woman comes up very clearly from out of town and she's freaking out. She's like, oh my God, I love you so much. Uh, you know, can I have a picture? It's like, no, I don't do pictures. Um, he, he wouldn't shake her hand or anything, but he was so nice about it. Like he handled it so well. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't do pictures. Uh, but he started asking her, where are you from? Oh, you're from out of town. Oh, have you been to this place? He starts recommending places for her to go eat and check out. It was yeah. really, really nice. And he spent like a minute and a half, two minutes talking to her. And I just thought that was great. So, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I saw David Lee Roth once in Las Vegas and I almost wanted to talk to him, but then he looked at me and it was like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> he just walked off. I was like, that's cool. All right. Cool. I looked at David Lee Roth <laughs> right in the face, man. Uh, hey. Well, listen, back to the subject. Anyway. I, I think, you know, <laughs> th there is a, yeah, people are talking about the imposter syndrome about the, um, uh, you know, not, I, I had a few moments like walking around this house to, you know, this week, like with the inspectors and stuff, looking around at it and just being like, holy shit, what, a, like, I'm about to be responsible for all of this. And yeah. like, what, what if I, what if my YouTube channel tanks? What if people stop watching my videos? What if I get canceled or what if I like, you know, it just it all fails like how am i what are we going to do how am i going to figure all this out and like we're building a studio what if everything i make su sucks <laughs> what if you know all this stuff and i'm like i don't know how to how to deal with that man you know like how yeah. do you how do you push how do you push through that i don't know i think you just have to keep going on the path that you're you know you've laid in front of yourself and because that's i mean that's how i feel um and, and and the biggest thing for me doing you know moving in getting a, a, a spot finally and, and taking this next step. Cause it's something I've looked at. It's just, I'm so worried about, is it going to maintain, you know, yeah. if, uh, you know, six months from now, are people just going to say, Hey, no more mythos pedals. Cause that happens. happens. Pedals, they ebb and flow, <laughs> yeah. but it, I, I've backed myself into a corner. So, Whereas I feel like you have kind of outgrown your space and I feel like I've done that too. I, I feel like I've been do I've been boxing myself in intentionally yeah. or maybe not intentionally, but like I I'm definitely my own worst enemy when it comes to releasing control and, and getting out of my own head about things. Cause even when Morgan comes in to help me like put pedals on, like I have to like lay it out how I want it done. Yeah. And you know, if she, puts a, a jack in and it's kind of crooked. I'd be like, Oh no, loosen that, make it straight. Yeah. It's got to be like this. Yeah. And like the wire needs to move like that to go to the jack. And it, it, at the end of the day, does, does it work? Yeah. Will it matter? No. Yeah. So I, I I'm really bad about that. So this is really going to be me, me pushing myself outside of my comfort zone 
And the money, you know, I'm going to have to pay rent. There's going to be a lot more expenditures because I'm going to have to pay people. Yeah. (laughs) You know, yeah. Thousands of dollars is going to just disappear, but it's the natural progression to taking the next step. And I feel like if someone out there is, is thinking about this, you just have to really, you, you have to take a leaps of faith, yeah. I think. Yeah. And you have to believe in yourself, but you also just don't do everything on excitement alone. Really look at what you're able to do and where you want to go. Because for me, where I want to go is like being Josh Scott Jr. in a way. Like I don't want to have to build pedals all the time. It is, it's not fun anymore. Dude, it's so me. funny. I was literally about to, to say, watching so when we went out to kansas city for the pedals musical we spent a week out there hanging out with josh and and seeing how his whole crew um worked i i was literally about to say the same thing like i kind of want to build something like josh has built with jhs which is not to say i want to build a pedal company what he has built is a a uh, a platform that has allowed him to chase the things and do the things that he really wants to do. And it's evolved over time. Um, It started off building pedals and building the pedal company. And now he's kind of done that. I mean, JHS is what the third largest pedal company in the world right now behind boss and like electro harmonics, basically Uh, gotta be. And so now he's doing things like he he is almost single-handedly preserving the history of pedals and guitar of the 40s 50s 60s. that's what the whole musical was about that's what his youtube channel is about that's like he's built a massively successful youtube channel as a side hustle he's doing he, they're they're doing all kinds of crazy cool projects because he's built this platform that has allowed him to hire a really great team of people he surrounds himself pe- with people that are better than him at things smarter than him more creative than him better designer like just everything and he's built a, an amazing culture of people around jhs and now they are doing incredible stuff and when we left and we're driving home from atlanta i looked at tilly in the car i was like that's what i want to do yeah that's what i want to do I, 10 years from now i want to be you know employing 10 to 20 people making really really cool stuff and telling stories and and just you know i that's just all I can say. And I don't know exactly what that looks like. It'll probably be a few different things, but yeah. What do you, what would you tell someone if they're wanting to take their, that next step or, or, or maybe this is the first step. And also I, I don't like the term step mm. uh, because like, I feel like you and I like saying we're taking the next step. This is not a step. A step is pretty easy to get up on. Uh, yeah. This is a leap. This is a leap. You know, this is, this is, <laughs> but for the people that are wanting to go a direction or do the the next thing in their career or, or even, you know, just their own, for their own, you know, self that maybe has nothing to do with money. Like, what would you say to them to, to give them the push? You have to, well, I'm trying to think back, back about like three or four years ago when I was wanting to start doing YouTube. I never thought I would be where I am now. When I first thought about doing YouTube channels, like, oh, I'll do some like pedal demos and it would be cool, you know, and I'll like play guitar and like teach some lessons and stuff. And in three years, which is a short amount of time, it has completely changed my life. It's buying me 
a house. It's building me a studio. It's built relationships like this one. It's built like it's given me so many opportunities and none of that would have happened if I hadn't paid attention to that voice at the back of my head that was like, I really want to do this. I want to try this. Like, I think it'd be really yeah. cool. I think I could do it. I, 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 I think I want to try this. I want to do this. If you don't pay attention to that, you're never going to, it's just never going to happen. Yes. Yeah. I, I am of the belief that anything that you can physically do, you know, you can accomplish with hard work and effort, uh, for the for the most part, you know, yeah. like I, I, uh, if you if you have the will, you will find the way to get things done, and you do have to listen to your heart. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know that that's so lame, but it's true. You've got to like believe that. Oh, this is what I really want to do. If you really want to do something, and it is something that's been eating away at you for more than just you know a fleeting moment in time. You, you have to try it. Yeah. You really have to try. And my biggest advice for anybody doing, doing whatever they want to do, uh, I feel like a lot of us, and I did this in the, the beginning of my career, and I think a lot of people do this, they do half measures mm -hmm. because they're scared of putting in the work to do right. you know, the full measure. Yeah. And just do the work and do something to the best, to, to how you know it should be done. Yeah. Because... If that puts you back a month because you got to save, because you got to read, you got to learn, you got to do whatever, you're going to get so much further ahead for that because you're doing it the right way. Yeah. Like for me, doing pedals, it's taken me so long to find out how I really want. That's not true. I knew how I wanted to make things, right. but I thought it would be easier or save me more time or whatever doing something a different way where as in my gut, I knew... I should make it the way I'm making them now because that's what I really want. If I open the pedal, that's what I want to see. Yeah. And so that's where I, I've ended up. And it's taken me years to just say, hey, what am I doing dicking around with all this other stuff? Just do it the way you want to do it in the, in, to the best of your ability. Yeah. And so I think that's applicable to everybody trying to accomplish whatever their yes. goal is. Pay attention to that little voice and, and also realize like you're not too old. I get emails from people all the time like literally probably honestly it's probably five to ten emails a week that are like hey am i too old to do this am i too old to get good at guitar am i too old to start a youtube channel no <laughs> like no, if no. you are able-bodied able-minded and have the ability to do what you want to do your age doesn't matter rick beato started a youtube channel at 55 years old he didn't right. start producing until he was 37. I'm 31. So right. six years from now, it, like that blows my mind. And he's a, he, he had success. He built a successful career as a producer. Like, no, you're not too old. Uh, and the reality is if you're young and you're listening to this and you're worried about like what your career is going to look like and, oh my God, am I going to be successful or not? Like if, dude, if you're in your twenties or even your early thirties, wow. like, just put the work in, take some time, yeah. take the opportunities because what's happening is the stuff that you're working on now and the skills that you're learning now are going to inform a career path for you 10 to 20 years from now that may not even exist right now. Yeah. When I graduated from high school, 
being a YouTuber did not exist. When I went to AIM in 2010, 2011, making a living as a YouTube creator around guitar and music online did not really exist other than for people like Marty Schwartz and Justin Guitar. Two people. Right. Two people were really doing it. Right. So all that time I spent chasing those gigs, doing those sessions, teaching those lessons, like traveling across the country in a shitty van, like all that stuff put me in a position to build this platform now. And I'm still learning. Yeah. You know? Well, and that, you know, that kind of goes back to what, whenever I first did your, your podcast. uh, And I said, when I decided to take this leap, I put it, I started another bank account. I put a thousand dollars in it, which at the time, like that was a lot of money, you know, to put it like just to take out of my, like, this is going to help pay rent, you know, money. Uh, and I said, this is where it's, you know, and, and in all fairness, I'd been, I'd known how to build pedals, you know, right. but I'd never really tried, right. you know, I'd never really put the work in to say, I'm going to try to make this do something. Yeah. But I started with a thousand dollars. You know, and that has evolved to where I, I'm buying our house. I'm, yeah. I'm going to pay employees. And it's just been it, a lot of perseverance of will, but patience and keep, you have to keep your expectations grounded. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I've talked to a lot of people that think they're going to be the next, you know, you, you know, the next Rhett Shaw, like on YouTube, it's like, it might not happen, you know, but you have to f- carve your own path and, and do things your way. And if it sticks great, but if it doesn't pivot, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, well, and, and, and look, uh, that's how I've gotten to where I am. I pivoted when I, my goal, when I got out of music school, what I wanted my career to be, I wanted to be touring the world as one of the best guitar players around playing with the best artists ever. That's not going to happen for me. I'm not the best guitar. I don't have it. I don't have the, the natural talent, the natural physical ability or the mental capacity to put the time in uh, to become one of the best guitar players around. I'm not. Well, John Mayer said there's no prize for being the best guitar. Right. But at 22, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't realize that. Right. And I thought my definition of success was like touring the world, playing arenas every night and, you know, being one of the best. That's not going to happen. I will never be as good a guitar player as Josh Smith or Corey Wong or Mark Letieri or, I mean, name any of Joey Landreth, Ariel Posen, like name any great guitar player alive today. I'm not that good. I will never be a Joe Bonamassa. I will never be a John Mayer. Like I, I just don't have that, but here's the thing. Like I have these skill sets that other people that a lot of these other people I just mentioned don't have that have allowed me to forge a somewhat unique path. And I'm still doing what I really wanted to do at 20 years old, which is like make a good living with a guitar in my hand. Right. Yeah. You know, and in a way I've, I've met that goal of like playing to thousands of people because like you put a video out and it gets a hundred thousand views. That's an entire arena tour. Like yep. yeah, an entire yep. tour playing arenas, a hundred thousand people, 150,000 people. It's like, yeah. Okay, cool. It doesn't look like what you thought it would look like when you were 21, 22, but in a way it's better than what you thought. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Being flexible and, and what, 
your end goal is, is, is really important. And I think a lot of that, like, you know, the grand goals is just the being naive in your youth. I think we're all like that yeah. to an extent, but you know, you just have to keep working and working and working. And, and a lot of people bring up the word, uh, luck. And I don't really believe in luck. I, there's a quote, I don't know who originally said it, but it's one of my favorite quotes is luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. And I think that's how we all need to approach our, our goals in life with work. Um, just, just anything, be prepared and just be out there. So when the opportunity presents itself, you're willing to grab it and you can't be afraid to grab it. Yeah. I mean, like it was so nerve wracking for me to say, I'm going to, because initially I was like, I'm just going to have people make stuff for me. I'm not going to hire people because that stresses me out. I don't want to have to be a boss. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, this is the next like step I have to take again, step that is going to put me in the place I, I need to be both as, as a business and both just as a human being, yeah. I, I need that help and I need people around me. Cause I don't, I'm not a social person, but working by yourself for, you know, a full week, just alone basically yeah. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, something has to change and I'm, I'm just excited. Not this wasn't as like well thought out of a conversation as I, 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 I never thought it would be, yeah. but I just hope it opens up conversations and and yeah. if if you guys out there are listening and want to talk about it or just tell us about your experience or where you want to go, you know, it, I think it's good to get, I think one of the biggest things is just get it off your chest and put it out in the world. Yeah. Don't you, so many people like hide their hopes and dreams, no matter how small they are, you just got to yeah. tell people. And if you're ambitious, like ambition is good, it, but I think ambition with a health, healthy <laughs> dose of like reality, like is, is, you know. It needs to be, uh, you can be ambitious and have lofty goals. I have lofty goals. I always have, but understand that yeah. like, okay, if I want to get there, it's not going to come easy. Uh, and then, you know, master, I can't, how do you say that? Master Mashatir <laughs> in the chat says- Get an easier name. <laughs> yeah. Um, some people don't have the opportunity. Some people have way more opportunities by basis of where they're born or whatever. And you're totally right. I have been- It's true. I've been afforded a lot of opportunities by where I was born born by you know the color of my skin where i grew up by my parents like i've been given a lot of opportunities that a lot of people don't have and that has never been lost on me um and one of the things one of i, I would love to figure out a way some point in the future to you know be able to build something that helps people especially in the in the music education space i think music education is one of if not the most important parts of uh, your education growing up and unfortunately here in the united states uh, especially here in the southeast it's not valued and it wasn't right. valued for me and i had a really really difficult time growing up as a kid because i was terrible in school and I remember hearing conversations that my parents would have when I would bring home a bad report card. I was in a freshman in high school and I heard my mom say one time, she's talking to my dad and I was failing like three or four classes and she was so frustrated and just saying like, you know, maybe we can just get him a job as a janitor at the church or he can just get a job doing something because I don't know what he's going to do. And I don't think they know that I heard that conversation, but I did. And I, I grew up thinking that I was really 
incapable of doing anything because I couldn't measure up to the yardstick that I was being measured against, which was like right. testing, standardized tests and and memorizing and regurgitating information in school. And the thing that I was good at, which was guitar, and the thing I had a passion for, which was music, wasn't valued where I grew up. It wasn't right. seen as important. It was seen as, oh, you're a band nerd. Oh, you shouldn't do that. It's not going to make you any money one day. You can't get a job at a Fortune 500 company playing guitar. You have to get a high score on your SAT and go to some college and and you know get your nine to five to be successful. And yeah. you know what, man? At 31, fuck that. Fuck oh, that. Yeah. Like it, it's if I would have been shown earlier on that music was an opportunity and was a possibility. I don't know where I would be now, but I, I, I know for sure I'd be a better guitar player and a more well-rounded <laughs> musician, you know? Right. Uh, and I think that's really important. I think there's, there's a lot of people out there like me, like you and I, and there's a lot of people watching this and listening to this right now who are, were in that position or in that position where had they been shown earlier on the benefits of music and art and pursuing that, um, I just, I just think it's a really good thing, not just for an individual, but for society as a whole. Like, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's so important, and and like school to me is not like you know, I I think you should know basic shit, (laughs) sure, (laughs) yeah, but like you know, it's just not. People in the chat they're saying it's not preparing you for careers or life, yeah. You know, like uh, some kids don't even know how to like swing a hammer or sign a check. It's like the things that you might need to know how to do in life uh, are not valued. And, and especially being artistic or having a hope and dream, not, not even music. It could be anything. Yeah. And you just have to, and and I know it's a shame that not everyone has the same opportunities and the same, you know, opportunities that both of us had um, growing up, you know, the people we are and, and having, you know, parents that were successful and, yep. and supported our dreams and hopes and stuff too. But at the end of the day, the person who's going to believe in you more than anybody is yourself and just never doubt that. Yeah. I think. And there's a thing to keep in mind with opportunity. Opportunity doesn't guarantee success. Opportunity no. just means you have the option to put the work in oftentimes to, to do it. And opportunity is important, right? Like without the opportunity, yeah. it's difficult and sometimes impossible to reach your goals and success. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't mean to discount that, but also understand that like, you know, people like us, my mommy and daddy didn't hand me my YouTube channel. They didn't, they didn't make me, uh, they didn't pay for my way through music school or, or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Like, yes, I was afforded opportunities, but what, you and I and other people have done with those opportunities, I think is, is really what, what matters. And so what I, what I would love to do, and I think people in the chat are, are in agreement, it's like, especially here in the United States with the, our terrible education system is sort of refocus the conversation away from your success being based in how much money you earn a year or what your job title is, but rather what are you doing with your life? And is it, does it make you happy and is it beneficial to society as a whole? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and there's a whole conversation around that based around like trades, like getting people focused on getting back into trades. I know Mike Rowe, who I'm, I'm a huge fan of Mike Rowe, um, 
getting people focused on like going to trade school and becoming electricians and plumbers and, and all that kind of stuff. When I was growing up, that was seen as like, and where I grew up, if you became a plumber, that was like you were a failure and you did that because you couldn't make it. You couldn't hack it at like get your, getting your master's degree. Dude, right. But they, they plumbers, probably made more money than <laughs> you're damn right. Plumbers and electricians, like you own your own business. You, you make a killing and you will always be working and always be in demand. Like what? Yep. What more do you want out of a career than that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Plumbers are way more important than musicians and guitar players in terms of like keeping society running, you know? So like, uh, I don't know. That's a whole other conversation, but. Yeah. Yeah, <sighs> definitely. Well, I think we, we started breaking the egg of, of <laughs> like a lot of things. Uh, people in the chat were talking about, you know, just a further conversation on men's mental health. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, something dude, that, yeah. you know, we, everyone needs to be a little bit more open in that, but ultimately I think what you can walk away from, at least from this podcast is that if you have a dream, chase it. And when the opportunities come, just be ready for them. And, you know, even it, like opportunities fail. Yeah. But yeah, you got to try. So yeah. Nice. Uh, shill. Do you, have, do you have a shill? <laughs> yes. No, <laughs> let me see. Let me see what I, I do. Okay. I actually didn't think <clears throat> about this. until just now go ahead. So I have, uh, I got this pedal from. Oh yeah. Philly fuzz. Philly fuzz. Nice. The heretic. Uh, and this is made by John. I think it's made by John of Baroness, nice. which is, a wicked band uh, and it's hand painted and it's a fuzz with just a like volume attack volume attack. And this is bias. Nice. And you know how some fuzz pedals, it's like when you crank it, it's, you know, it sounds great. And then you roll it back and it doesn't do anything. Um, this one's usable. Like all the knobs are doing something and it works and I don't know what it is. I haven't taken the back off yet. Uh, it has the world's brightest purple LED. I know oh, that. Oh, man. Because <laughs> uh, I was like right over it when I turned it on. I do this with every flashlight, too. I'm like, how bright is this? And I could, Stared I straight down the barrel. Colors. Have you seen that meme uh, of uh, Luke Skywalker in A New Hope where it says he's <laughs> handed the, the most dangerous weapon in the universe and then the first thing he does is immediately points it straight at his face? <laughs> What's this? Oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Um, what oh, is it? Yeah, is it good. germanium? I don't know. It said germanium in the ad, but it might have germanium diodes. Uh, mm. I don't know what it is, uh, but I do know it sounds good. And with fuzz, I don't. If it sounds good, I don't really care what it's what, what's making it work. So nice. All right. Well, my show of the week is going to be a uh, piggyback off of last week's episode about home recording. Um, oh, and it's going to be my my interface here, the uh, Apollo Solo from Universal yes. Audio. Now, I did get this for free. UA is a sponsor of my channel. So, you know, shout out to them and, uh, you know, take, take these words with a grain of salt if you so choose. But I will say this is their like entry level budget interface. I think it retails for about four ninety nine, something like that. 500, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Two channels. Um, I think it's got two cores of DSP. So if you don't know Apollo's UAD's whole thing is they have like the plugins and the software and you use their hardware to kind of run the plugin. So it saves CPU on your machine yeah um sounds really good this is what i've been using to record the podcast basically since we started um it's bus powered so you just run it off your laptop over a thunderbolt 3 cable and it'll give you the opportunity to run luna which i really enjoyed using over the past year um, when it works when it works which actually <laughs> yeah my computer problems this week were not because of luna but it, oh my god it's 
<laughs> it was a, a mess. But um, so, what's the difference between it and a twin? I mean, I know a twin you have to power. Twin it, has but... more chips in it, so it's oh, got okay. more, way more DSP. Um, okay, and I, th- it's got other. F- I think it's got. Uh, I think the converters are a little bit better. Um, oh. But the Apollo Solo, they used to it used to be called like the Arrow, and then they I think they renamed right. it because it it kind of fits more in with their whole branding thing. But sure, um, yeah, man, it's it's great. And this is actually what I take now when when we have been traveling and when we get back to traveling. And this is what I'm going to use on the road to make my videos and record stuff and everything. So uh, yeah, I'm a fan. Wicked. Well. Thanks for listening, everybody. Remember to like and subscribe and do all the things do it. if you haven't already. Do it. We need to make all the animated little things that pop up for yeah. YouTube channels yeah. and stuff. I have some. I, I got them off of Motion Array. Send them. Send them to me. Okay. But thank you guys so much for listening. See y'all. Bye.